0: Hey guys, I'm Adelaide Faubacher. So first of all, I want to ask, does anyone here have a dog or like dogs? Yeah, so (laughs) most of you probably know then that um, dogs can be messy, especially when they're young. They can can, um, mess stuff up. They can chew up your stuff. But do you have the picture? so these are just some dogs and so um, but then yeah so you can train them and then they become more obedient and that's similar to us to where we we might start off messy and untrained but then as we get better in our walk with the Lord and further in our walk in the Lord then we will become more obedient and our obedience will come faster Yeah. (laughs) So, I'm going to be talking out of the beginning verses of Mark. So, Mark is one of the Gospels, which means it follows Jesus' walk with the Lord and the miracles that he performed and just what he did in his everyday life and what he was feeling. So, the book of Mark, the word immediately is used 41 times. That's a lot. So, the beginning of the book is very fast-paced and it's a lot of things are happening really quickly. But then towards the end, leading up to the week that Jesus died, it slows down like a lot. And it's, it gets more into depth. So I'm going to read Mark 1:17 through 18. And Jesus said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. <laughs> so what is stopping you from immediate obedience today? So... In our everyday lives, we should act with obedience. And that's like the stated obvious. And we should follow God's will and what that will is for each and every one of us. So we can't wait to do that when we feel like it. We can't wait till we want to or till we finish this this one thing that we're doing. So you can see that Jesus told Simon and Andrew to do something, and they dropped everything that they were doing, and they followed him. They didn't ask Jesus to wait till they finished catching these fish or to to just hold on a second. They stopped everything that they were doing and followed him. So there are a lot of things happening in our lives right now, and it can be anything that you're passionate about, or it can just be school. It can be friends. It can be anything. And so God tells us to not wait for us to finish that, but... To to drop everything, so here's some things that are preventing us from dropping everything that we're doing and following him. So number one is judgment. So Matthew seven one through three says, "Do not judge, or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged, and with the measure you use, it will be measured to you." Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention? to the plank in your own eye. So everyone is judged. Everyone's felt judged before. But every Christian has judged someone before because we're not perfect. Everyone's gossiped. Everyone has talked about their friend. But this is not something that we can continue. So we'll mess up sometimes. Everyone does it. But if we want to be able to go and share the gospel, which is God's will for us, then we need to feel comfortable doing that here in church with a community of believers. We need to feel comfortable and ready, and we need to practice sharing the gospel here so that we can go into a group of lost people and go share with them. So how do we do that? So that could be just practicing with our friends and talking with them and not making fun of them or acting like they're dumb. (laughs) So we need to start in church. Next thing is stopping our lives for God. So Mark eight thirty three says, But turning and seeing his disciples, he rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan, for you bear not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. At this moment, Jesus was trying to hint at his death to his disciples. He, now Peter had interrupted him, and Peter was very outspoken and... So, Jesus was trying to talk to him, and he got in, a way, in the way of that. We want to hear what God's will was, and we have to stop what we're doing to listen to him. So, that also can mean that we need to make ourselves available for God and for Jesus. <laughs> we need to not let worldly desires and what we want to do get in the way of that. So, this is something that I'm constantly convicted of, because I love going and going and doing all this stuff, but... That doesn't leave as much time for God and to study his word and study the Bible, which is what we're ultimately supposed to do, is how are we supposed to share the gospel if we don't know it ourselves? So that means for some of us that some things that are getting in the way to some of us can be sports, school, friendships, money, all, any of those things. So the first thing I'm going to talk about is school. So we go to school every single day, and that is the perfect opportunity that we're missing out on to share the gospel. Now, this is not something that's easy at all. Like, this is super challenging, and it's, it's not supposed to be easy, but there are so many lost people at your school, no matter what school you go to, that is that are completely lost and don't understand who God is. But we don't have to preach the entire gospel to them. That's not, we we need to make little baby steps to get there. So you can start this summer. We'll have a bunch of fun things here. So you could just invite them to the mix. You could invite them to eighth grade lead night. You can just (laughs) invite them to church. And you don't always have to do that. Another way is just be nice. Just be kind to someone and show that, that will show that you're a Christian. Number two is sports. Now, I understand that not everyone is a sporty person, but personally, I find them very fun. And if you agree with me, you know that they can consume your life. So they are super fun and exciting, and you start to get good at them, and you start improving. And then you slowly start missing church. And it starts off with just missing youth group. And then it goes on to maybe not coming every Sunday. And then eventually, you're just not coming anymore. And we don't want this to happen. We need to make sure that something like sports and school are not taking priority of our lives and making them idols over God. Number three, I want to talk about friendships. Now, this is definitely a difficult topic because it's hard to make good, godly friends and to keep those friends. So once you do have a good friend group, you want to, you want to impress them, you know? You want, you want them to think you're cool and all. But... That's not our main purpose here. We're not trying. That's When you go to heaven, they're not going to look back, and they're going to see, oh, she had so many friends, right? So you don't wanna make sure, you want to make sure that you trying to impress friends are not getting in the way of you following God's will and obeying him immediately. So you can choose. Are your friends going to help you feel comfortable sharing the gospel, or are they going to be a burden to you? And also, you want to be the friend that is comforting to others. And you want to be the one that is helping and encouraging. You don't want to be the friend who's laughing at them. So now I want to talk about Genesis 22. So it talks about how Abraham was commanded by God to sacrifice his only son. And that was a big deal to him. That was the biggest thing in his life was he wanted to, a son. him and his wife Sarah. So they were blessed with one son finally, after a long time. And then God told him, just a couple years later, you need to go up and you need to kill him. You need to sacrifice him for me. But then, so he goes up and he goes up and he goes and he's ready. He's ready to do it. And then God goes, hey look, there's a lamb over there. So he provided for him and so he could keep his son. So When we're obedient to God and we obey him immediately, then good things will come out of it. So I just want to challenge you with that. And then just make sure that you are not making any of these things, school, sports, friendship, don't make them any idols in your life.
1: All right, well, for those of you that don't know me, I'm Parker Butler. I'm homeschooled. Um, I play soccer Um, Just a few things about me. Um, Well, I'm going to go ahead and dive in. I'm reading from Ephesians 2. Um, First, well, um, there was supposed to be a picture of a man with the word, there we go, there we go, thank you. All right, so in this picture, you can clearly see a man struggling with the word sin on his back. And um, I was looking at this, and I realized that this is a lot like us sometimes, you know? Um, We always feel like we're carrying the burden of sin with us, and we always feel like we're just always struggling. And so in Ephesians 2, verse 1, it says, Once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins, you used to live in sin just like the rest of the world obeying the devil, the commander of the powers in the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. So it's kind of a lot to take in. Um, it leads me to my first point. Um, it says, we are born into sin and dead in our sin. This verse clearly states that right here. It says, once you were de- dead because of your disobedience and your many sins, you used to live in sin. Um just like the stick figure with the word sin on his back, that was us. That's what we struggled with daily. And um, um, it all started with Adam and Eve disobeying God in the garden. And God had a perfect plan that we were going to live with him. And he did not intend for this world to be sinful, but we disobeyed him. And so that forever separated us from him and his perfect plan. Um, many of us today could say that we feel that the burden of sin every day, and search the world trying to find answers that only the Lord can provide. You might feel sadness, anger, loneliness, isolation, and you might feel deserted and that nobody wants you. A lot of us feel that all the time, and so we try and solve this problem, we try and fill this void um, by trying to be popular, trying to impress other people trying to be the most known, I guess, goes with popular, um, doing things that we think might make us cool. And um, our good works will try and do things for others for our own glory, for self-glory. And this does not fill the void. We need Christ in order to fill that void. So in my second point I have, we are alive in Christ. says in Ephesians 2, verses 4 and 5, But God is so rich in mercy, and he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. Um, It says in mine, it is only by God's grace that you have been saved. That last part right there, it is only by God's grace that you have been saved. God sent his one and only son down to die for me, to die for you, because we were carrying that burden of sin on our back every day. And he loved us so much that he wanted a personal relationship with us with us again. And so he mended that by sending Christ down to die for our sins on the cross. And many of you are like, yeah, I hear that all the time in church. Heard it my whole life. Well, if I've come to know that when you really think about it, that was a horrendous death that we would have had to pay individually in order to be saved. And so... Um, God sent his only wanted son down for us, and that we can have life and a personal relationship with him. And that um, because of what he did for us on the cross, we are now alive in him. So now, faith without works is dead. Um, can you bring the chair for me? Sorry. One second. All right, does anybody in here think that this is a stable chair and will hold you if you try and sit on it? Anybody? No? No? Come up here, right here, orange shirt. All right, so you have full faith and confidence that this chair, or might even not be a chair, it could just be nothing. Do you think that it will hold you? Sit in it. All right, it is. All right, you can go back down if you want. This demonstration of faith is kind of silly. It's just something something that I just came up with. Um, but it shows that um, we have to prove our faith and that we have to stand up for what we believe in. And many of us will say all day long that we're a Christian. Yeah, we go to church But most cases, we won't actually prove it. We won't stand up to somebody trying to go against us and our beliefs because we're scared of what they might think of us. We're scared that they might turn us down, might um, isolate us again, make us go back in that pit of darkness where we don't want to be. And we think of ourselves as like we try and build ourselves up being, I I guess, popular at school, um, if that's the case for most of you, Um, and... They, people out there, will want to try and tear you down, and you just think that that's an easy target to tear you down. But we have to stay um, firm in our foundation, which is Christ Jesus. We have to stand up for our faith always, no matter what. And so, like he did, he sat in the chair. That shows he put his faith into that, and um, it paid off. <sighs> Sorry. And so... um he, Jesus came down, and he will carry the weight for us. He will carry that burden of sin that we carried for so long. He will carry it for us. We just have to give it to him. We have to put our full faith and our full trust in him. Um, it says in James 2, verse 26, it says, Just as the body is dead without breath, so also faith is dead without good works. Um, faith without works is dead. That's my last point I have. Um, because of our good works, it glorifies and honors God. It says so many places in the Bible that um, we need to be serving others. We need to be loving others and helping them. And that. Just because of our good works. Our good works does not get us into heaven. It's what Jesus did for us that got us into heaven. And um, it says in verse 8 9, God saved you by his grace when you believed, and you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it. And then in verse 10 it says, For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. In a picture I have, it shows um, on the left side right there. So on the left, it shows where we are, kind of in that place of that man with the sin on his back. That's where we are, feeling isolated, away, in darkness. There is a bridge, a gap, in between the darkness and the light. The darkness shows where we are before we accept Christ into our life as our personal Lord and Savior. And the gap is the separation between us and the Lord because of what Christ did for us by dying on the cross, not because of our good works. And so the bridge with the cross represents Christ dying on the cross for us, which mends the relationship between us and God that we once had. And so... um, Many of you might not have a relationship with the Lord, and I I really hope that you can and that you can find one because it, it makes a big difference. It's made a huge difference in my life. It's made a huge difference in a lot of my friends' lives, and um, I just encourage you to do it because you are truly missing out. I'm telling you, life in Christ is amazing. He is always there for you. You can go to him anytime. And we get to have and build a personal relationship while we're down here on this earth in this life. And when we die, it's not over. We get to go spend time with him in heaven. So thank you.